from way downtown. Bang! Welcome to Beers and Buckets, the only college basketball and sometimes NBA basketball podcast that talks beer and the only beer review podcast that talks college and NBA basketball sometimes. So uh, we are missing Dow tonight. This is unfortunate, but he's in San Diego. He's having trouble with his hotel Wi-Fi, and it's a bummer because I know he's looking forward to this week. He's been looking forward to a long time, and I'm just really bummed that he's not here because our guests tonight are awesome. Actually, our highest rated guest of all time so far, which is episode number 40, by the way. We are joined by Steven Rodriguez and Tristan. I'm um, Tristan, I'm going to mess your name up. Just go ahead and tell me how you pronounce your last name, man. Mick Gonigal. I know Mick it's Gonigal. a mouthful. It's almost that's a Harry Potter character, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. <laughs> that's how I'll associate it. No, I'm joined by Steven and Tristan from the Talking Tech podcast. So this is Texas Tech Week. Shout out to Matt Sack from Courtside Connect for for the uh, shout out of saying happy Texas Tech Week to all those who observe. Shalom and Shalom Shabbat. and Mahalo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm excited that we can have you guys on. This is uh, fantastic, guys. How are you doing this evening? Doing well, man. It is always fun to join the Beers and Buckets podcast. You know, we got some brewskis we're drinking. We're talking Texas Tech hoops. I mean, there's nothing bad about what's going on right now. Look, I, I'm just excited to be here to talk about college basketball rather than college baseball because Omaha is an absolute hellscape for Texas Tech fans right now, yes. and I want to just avoid that at all costs. And, and I just want to not admit that sports are over for the Tech fandom right now. Yeah, we can skip yeah. college baseball from here on out. That's fine. <laughs> As a Kentucky fan, I can tell you that I don't really care about college baseball. <laughs> and uh, until they fire Mignoni or whatever his name is, then I'm just probably not going to care about college baseball. Uh, but no, I'm, I was excited to see our two rivals lose in Tennessee and Louisville. So yes. uh, that was the time I cared about a little bit. But uh, it's it's MLB season for me right now and NBA Finals. So speaking of NBA Finals, quick thoughts. This has been a crazy series. I don't think there's been a game that's ended in single digits. How do you think it's going to end? Is it going to go? Is it over game six? Warriors take it in Boston, or is it coming back to the Bay and Celtics take it, or the Warriors take it at the at home in game seven? What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think the Warriors take it in game six. They're just too experienced. Uh, Boston just doesn't have the ex- NBA Finals experience. Uh, they played well through the whole playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if Boston won because they pulled some stuff out of their out of their hat that I did not expect them to this uh this playoff so far but um yeah I just think Steph's too much for them they they just can't contain him as we saw in game five so uh yeah I'd probably say Warriors in six yeah what do you think Tristan I know you're not a huge NBA guy but you know (laughs) it's kind of hard to go up against uh, the Warriors on a mission right now and it's just you know you would you would like to see some variety in this but you know like maybe you want Boston to win but you're you're talking about a a program that's that's won a gajillion of them anyway so it's like who the heck do you want to pick the lesser of two evils right here so but I I guess you got to go with the Warriors right now with the momentum they have yeah definitely I'm I'm a huge Steph fan so I was always going to be Warriors here I just loved I've loved him since Davidson I thought he was awesome so uh, it's it's cool to see him. I hated that he struggled in Game Five, uh, but you know this man's gonna shoot like fifty threes uh, Wednesday, Thursday night, um, and it's gonna be fun to watch. So don't miss it. I think they I think they take it in six as well. That's what I originally thought to begin with. Uh, but you're right, uh, Stephen. The, the Celtics have surprised me in the series some. Uh, you know what's interesting, and I, we'll I'll just mention this. You could talk about it real quick, and then we'll move on. Jason Tatum is the leading scorer in only the games that they have lost. He yeah. is their leading scorer in only the games that they have lost. So I think that's just incredible how he doesn't impact winning at all in that in that regards. And I like Jason Tatum. It's just an, mm-hmm. I, I just would like to see him take that next step. I think the league is in trouble in a couple of years. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think Tatum, a lot of that kind of alludes to when Boston plays well, when Boston wins, it's because their role guys are on. It's when Derek White has a good game. It's when And shout out, big, big Spurs fan here. So shout out Derek White and Emei, but... Um, you know, when Derek White has a good game, when Grant Williams has a good game, when, uh, you know, Jalen Brown's on, when Smart's playing well, like they, Horford, 
all those guys, when their role players play well, Boston usually wins. And when Tatum's having to shoot 30 times, it's because those guys aren't playing well. So, you know, that, that kind of is, is where the connection is there, I think. But, um, you know, Tatum, I think Tatum's a little hurt right now. He's, he's kind of wincing every time uh, with that shoulder injury. So, um, yeah, it's going to be Boston's role players. If they're going to pull this out, they, those guys need to step up. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So we talked to NBA finals real quick. Give me your NBA draft prediction. It's Thursday night. The magic have the first pick. Uh, why am I drawing a blank? Who's got OKC has the second pick and Houston mm-hmm. has the third pick. Uh, what do you think the order is going to be Steven? And then Tristan, what do you think the order is going to be? So we kind of talked pre-pod about this. You're, you may not like my, my choice here. What I, what I want to happen and what actually is going to happen is probably two separate things. Yeah. I'm not very high on Chet. I'm just not. Um, I think he's got the most potential, of, the most bust potential of all three of them. And I think, you know, if he goes to one of these teams, it's likely that he is going to bust. So as a diehard Houston Rockets hater, um, I want Chet to fall to three to Houston. Um, I'm the highest on Palo. I think Palo is the best player of these three. I think, uh, you know, we obviously Texas tech played Duke in the sweet 16. And uh, I don't know if I've ever been more afraid of a college player than I was of, of Palo Bancaro that game. Uh, every time he touched the ball, I was just like, Oh no, something bad's going to happen. Uh, so I'm, I'm super high on Palo. I think Jabari's going to have a nice career. Uh, and I think Chet, I, I just don't see him being like a 25 point a game guy. Uh, and that might not be his role anyway. He may be more defensive, you know, blocking shots and uh, not necessarily that score. But I just think Palo and, and Jabari have higher ceilings than Chet. And uh, that's the way I would go. So uh, what I think is going to happen, I think Chet's going to go one to Orlando. I think Jabari will probably go two to OKC and then Palo will follow the Rockets and ruin my life. So that's just what I think is going to happen. <laughs> what do you think, Tristan? Well, I think I think the NBA, the owners are going to open their eyes and realize that Bryson Williams is who's the, who they've been missing. <laughs> and they need, they need, they need him at number one. I, I, I'm, but but really though, I, I it's it's it seems like it's just going to be kind of a boring one two three here. It's just I, I don't know if I can really give a take that's going to be un, like, interesting compared to what any of the experts got to say because I am no expert on it. I just know that obviously Bryson Williams is going number one. If I'm wrong, <laughs> then I'll chug a beer. I will, I will do that for y'all. All right. Well, I'll must. take your word for it. I'll tweet at you <laughs> Thursday night, next Thursday night, when the Magic take Chet, and then when OKC takes Palo, and then Jabari ends up in Houston. I think that's what's going to okay. happen. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the, the, I'll, I'll I'll make sure to tag you guys, and I, I yes. better see a video of a beer chug. Uh, speaking of beer, it's time the best time, uh, best part of the podcast. Uh, it's the beer review time guys. And I love when our guests want to do a beer review. Sometimes they're just like, Oh, I just want to talk about the off season. I just want to talk about, you know, this team or whatever. And that's cool. But I love it when guests want to engage in the beers part of the beers and buckets. And you guys have so graciously agreed to do that. So we're, I'm going to let you guys go first. Who wants to go first and, and kick off this beer review? Tristan, you hit it. All right. So I got in front of me, you know, here, Steve and I are broadcasting. Well, I, okay. I almost jumped the gun there. I am broadcasting for the Lone Star State, but we are repping a Lone Star State team. So I'm going to bring along the home state beer here. I'm going to go with Shiner. I think it's just it's just a little small brewery that I'm sure uh, not a whole lot of people are familiar with. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> it's it's their new uh, Mexican summer seasonal beer. It's the uh, Orale. I mean, it's you know here we go. so what am I, what do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do with this? Orale. Orale. <laughs> So you told us the brewery. Uh, tell us the type of beer it is. So what's that, what type of beer is it? It's, since it's a Mexican style sort of esa, you're just going to go okay. ahead and assume that it is a you know pretty classic lager. You're not yeah, too yeah, different yeah. from your American side too. You know. Yeah. Do you have any of the ABVs or the IBUs or anything like that? Uh, I didn't know this was going to be a math test, but it, it is. <laughs> it's a it's an eight IBU. And uh, but four and a half percent on the uh, ALC, okay, so, as they so say, lighter, on the lighter side, it sounds like it's pretty crushable. Uh, we use crushable as the term for would you drink a bunch or is you just kind of sipping on it? So 
open that bad boy up give us give us your honest opinion on it was it crushable or not would you drink it again and uh and then if you can think of something to compare it to basketball by all means do it but that is very we reach when we do that a lot (laughs) all right all right right. let's see what we can pull off here all right we're, we're, we're doing the sip here all right, as refreshing as it gets, very crushable as uh, t- t- trademarked beers and buckets. Uh, <laughs> I, you can sit here and destroy the six pack that I got without any problems, um, and he probably won't be too stupid after doing so. Nice. Uh, so I, I would absolutely say this is built for the Mexican Mexican sun, or in this case, the Texas sun. So I'm in yep. all this uh, keeping me hydrated. Nice, very nice. And Stephen, what are if, you drinking? Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, oh, for the but for the comparison, of course, that's I would right, say that's right. That's right. If the, for easy drinking, you need some easy watching, and I'm going to try to keep this cultural relevant. This is this is the UTEP miners of beer. You know, you're not going to be <laughs> mad about turning the UTEP miners on. You're not like going out of your way to see it, but you know, it's it's El Paso. You're drinking some Orale. I mean, come on, it's this this works. This this goes together. And also, shout out, thank you for Bryce Williams. Thank I'm going to bring him up again, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shouts out UTEP Miners, but I don't know if anybody is just – if a UTEP game comes on, you're just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to keep that one on. <laughs> wow, I guess you just – we got problems with the Miners over here, I guess. Uh, well, I guess maybe so. now maybe now that they are uh, joining the American Conference, you might, you might keep them okay. on for a little bit. You got a little uh, UCF action, some Memphis action there. So maybe. I don't know. There's what potential. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight steven all right i picked up one that i have not had before it's uh out of a uh out of chandler island brewing uh it's called cbc freemason it's their golden ale uh and i'm a big golden ale guy i mean you me know too. it's just classic it's smooth it's easy to drink um let me see abv i believe is 13 or ibu 13 um alcohol by volume is 5.3 percent so uh, this is a very, I've been sipping on it already. It's very delicious. Um, you know, it, it tastes pretty, I, I don't see a lot of difference between a lot of golden ales. So, uh, yeah. we have one, uh, both me and Tristan grew up in San Antonio, Texas. So we have one out of Alamo brewery, um, which is their golden ale tastes very similar to that. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just easy to drink. Very crushable. I could drink six of these tonight and, uh, I'd feel great. Nice. What, what are you going to compare it to basketball, college basketball, anything like that? Um, so I don't know about college basketball, but I am going to compare it to the Warriors because super smooth to watch. I mean, at times it's just like that. Yep. Ball. No, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not going to compare it to the Warriors. I'm going to compare it to the hometown 2014 San Antonio Spurs. There you go. Because the ball is always moving and it always is beautiful, moving. beautiful basketball to watch. Very smooth. Just like this beer, 2014 Spurs. That will forever go down as one of my like favorite finals teams, and yep. I feel like one of the more, more underappreciated teams because it was like, I don't know, it was it was very early Kawhi and mm-hmm. older Timmy, you know. So it's just yeah. it's it's tough. It's very tough. Uh, like it just kind of gets lost in the shadows, especially when you, you know, like you had the the year before when they when they went to the finals against the Heat, you know. So like that one is always remembered mm-hmm. because of the Ray Allen shot and stuff. So. Whatever, I love that San Antonio team. I was I was so happy to see that team win. So, would you say that San Antonio team had had that dog in them, Connor? Uh, I think they had that dog in them. I think they really did. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So, all right. So, in honor of having you guys on, I went. It's actually from Miami, but you you think what's a what's a really good Tex Mex Mexican kind of treat? What was a good Tex-Mex Mexican kind of dessert? What tell me what you would you, you would think of that in that style? I swear if you take my answer, Stephen, if you're going first, <laughs> I swear. You know, I when I think of Mexican dessert, I have you to cannot do this to me. <laughs> I s- <laughs> no, I'll leave it with you. I'll go. I'll go with the churro sundae. I know that's that's not your choice, Tristan. So, uh, yeah, what I'm thinking of Mexican dessert, I'm thinking of maybe something that Tristan's going to say first. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll think of the churro sundae. Go ahead, Tristan. What you think? Absolutely, tres leches cake, buddy. And I, oh, you're this close okay. to robbing me. Oh, I know man. you were. Well, I you thought you were going to say right flan. <laughs> I love me of- some flan too. You kind of yeah. both are right here because I have a, it's a brown ale, 
but it's called the El Toro Dolce de Leche Cinnamon and Brown Ale. Ooh. And Cinnamon Brown Ale. So they're like, look at the can. The can That's is a lit- churro. Yeah. That's a straight churro. It is a pint. So it's a pint. It's a beet culture brewery down in Miami. It is a brown ale. It's 7. Uh, 7% um, alcohol by volume, zero IBUs. And on Untapped and Beer Advocate, it, on both, it has a four out of five. So I've never tried it. I've eyeballed it. It's a little on the pricier side. It only comes in a four pack. But I was like, you know what? If we're having the Texas Tech boys on, we got to have something Tex-Mex or very close to Texas uh, on here. And I couldn't find a, a Texan brewery that I figured we hadn't done already. So you know what? I went with this. So I'm going to give it a sip and let you know my thoughts. Mm. It's weird because at first it hits like a beer, but the aftertaste is 100% a churro. It's almost like it's like there's a, a good mouthfeel to it where it tastes like you can you could taste the caramel and the cinnamon hints to it. Uh, and you could definitely tell there's like that there's that dairy flavor to it. So um, not my like preferred, like definitely not crushable. I'm not going to sit here and I don't even know if I'm going to finish this one, but <laughs> I would 100% like if I was having some churros or if I had like uh you know a piece of cake or something with it like a chocolate cake with it it's definitely a de- like a, a dessert beer and that's 100% accurate in that in that statement right there. Um well, roommate Caleb if you listened last week roommate Caleb was on and reviewed uh mm-hmm. the so, like he's reviewed a couple times but he sent me his text on it his thoughts on it. So he said, it's a fine line between disgusting and phenomenal. It's different. It's definitely not a, let me have a beer type of beer, but uh, I'll have, you know, you bring a six pack of these to a Christmas party and they're going to be a huge hit is what he said. So um, I, I would agree with that. You could almost mix this with a Bailey's at a, like at a party and it would, and it would go very well as a cocktail. Uh, just that creaminess with it. Yeah. Bailey's mm, creamy. So um, I'm going to have to go like it would be wrong to not pick something texas but i'm gonna have to go like arizona state with this because i feel like arizona state they can surprise you sometimes you know they have some Mm -hmm. good players that have come out of there at the other times you kind of know what you're getting into arizona state so same with this beer you you can surprise you but you kind of know what you're getting into at the same time so uh, i'm gonna go with arizona state for that so that is my beer review do you guys have anything you have questions or anything you want to ask about any of the beers that we talked about tonight before we move on? Well, I just want to thank no, you for the hospitality of, of thinking of us, of bringing that, bringing that big bad boy on. And we got two Mexican inspired beers on the pod. So we got the wavelengths on the right level here. So we can go ahead and kick Steven out, mute him for the rest of the pod because he's clearly not in the right place. Hey man, now, Steven, you're in like treating me fine right now. Uh, you're in, you're in Louisiana, right? I am. I am in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, yeah, you're you're an LSU boy, basically. Well, no, take it easy. There, no. okay? <laughs> that's no, blasphemy. We we, yeah, we don't like that. I guess I guess I root for them when they're playing in town, but that's it. <laughs> I'm just messing. Uh, <laughs> but like, I have to bring it up. Did you end up going? Did you go to the Garth Brooks concert there? And uh, no, but we heard it. We heard. I think. I bet you our did. house. Our house is probably about four miles away from the stadium, and you can hear it. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> when he started playing, um, call him uh, Baton, Rouge. Baton Rouge. Oh my God! It blew I saw up. a TikTok like, of it, and I was yeah, like, I, I wish think, I could have been there. I think it actually registered like a light, light earthquake on the That's like, meter. Insane. Yeah, it was nuts. That that dude. I mean, he's just selling out football stadiums. It's crazy. Yeah, he's incredible. So, mm-hmm. all right, well, guys, let's move on to the the meat and potatoes of the podcast, the off season stuff. So, we're gonna go to a quick break, and we'll come right back. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
Welcome back. Thank you for listening to the ad read. It puts a penny in my pocket and it doesn't take a penny out of yours. So I appreciate you guys doing that. <laughs> um, but we're here to talk about Texas Tech's offseason. So Texas Tech last year was probably one of the best years in program history. Am I, am I right to say that? I feel like that was a very accurate statement, no? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you look at the grand scheme of Texas Tech, and we can talk about that once we get into the all-time starting five, but, you know, Texas Tech is a new blood, I would say. Recent success. It's not like we have a long history of success in basketball here, but we are here to stay, I think. Um, You know, I don't think that's uh, unfair to say for the most part. Um, And, yeah, last season, anytime you make the Sweet 16, it's a good season. Yeah, yeah, I think it's cool to 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 be able to say that you know, we have that new standard that we expect. So even saying that it's one of the greatest seasons of all time, and I think, I think that feels pretty good because I think we're still keeping that uh, that standard we're trying to keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know you guys made the championship game, or you made the Final Four a couple seasons ago, and and definitely like all props to those teams for sure. I think as soon as you reach that Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight game level it's a coin flip just because of college basketball. You've seen how it goes. Like not always the better team wins those games, you know? So um, to uh, like, so some people might be disagreeing me saying that this is one of the better team, better seasons in uh, program history, but it's definitely like, I would put it in the top five for sure uh, sure. at the very least, because it's, it's right there. So on the season, they finished 27 and 10, 12 and six in the big 12. They finished third in the big 12 uh, and the AP top 25, they finished 12th. And then Ken Palm, they finished seventh. So Ken Palm really loved this team. Even from the jump, there was like some questions about the, uh, excuse me, the level of competition that they played early on in the non-conference. They were still getting a lot of love from Ken Palm early on in the season. It took a, what, a Providence loss to kind of wake things up. And then you go and beat Tennessee and you beat a couple of good teams and you're, you're right there. So unfortunately all good things must come to an end you guys had what three four three graduates couple of nba decisions an nfl decision some transfers so uh, so tristan tell me tell me who left this team because there's about nine names i'm looking at and that's a lot of guys for a basketball team i was about to say i mean on, on, a, on a very large squad that is basketball right no i mean yeah, we lost a lot of big names too. It's definitely one of those re, you know, kind of reloading years. We hope, but it's definitely yeah. time to uh, uh, look at the new names since there's not a whole lot of them returning. Uh, we're yeah. losing Terrence Shannon Jr., which I think everyone's going to recognize. Uh, who is not really familiar with Texas Tech is kind of he was kind of recognized as our uh, raw NBA prospect. Uh, he went off to uh, to Illinois. We also lost Davion Warren just due to, uh, to to you know he's just an old guy now. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've also unfortunately lost the breakout star that was Bryce Williams. I, I think Steve and I would agree that he was the best player on this past season's team. And yeah. I don't think you can really argue much differently. Uh, we lost Miley Wilson as well. He has found a home in the common pipeline that is Texas Tech to the University of Houston. You'll see that over <laughs> and over again, no matter the sport. Yep. Additionally, you'll also see Marcus Santa Silva is now a Cleveland Brown. Everyone saw that coming. Very common for a basketball player to turn into a tight end on an NFL team. So that's awesome for him. Uh, this one is probably the sore subject of it all is Kevin McCuller. He has yeah. transferred to interconference rival Kansas Jayhawks. Not a great uh, point of interest for us, but uh, yeah, unfortunately it did happen. And uh, the Buzo Hive is in shambles. It's a Chabuzo Agbo has transferred <laughs> to the mighty Boise State Broncos over in the blue court there. They have a blue court, right? Please tell me they have a blue court. No, they don't. I don't think that they is do. shameful. What it are they should, doing? But they don't. <laughs> Um, and last but not least, a breakout favorite in Adonis Arms, still trying to chase those professional dreams. So that is a long list of dudes and some of them are really sad to see go others are just frustrating to see go absolutely yeah it's frustrating like i never understand why you would transfer to someone in the same conference typically if you transfer you're going to want to go to somewhere maybe a weaker conference maybe a stronger conference but to transfer to a national championship winning team when you had them on the ropes in the big 12 championship or Big Twelve, what semifinals? I can't remember. But either way, you had you had Kansas's number this year. You had you beat them this year. So it, it's just frustrating to see that. Um, to think that somebody, you know, like somebody's in his ear saying like, "Oh, you're going to be better at Kansas than you were at Texas Tech." Well, 
the expectations are higher than Kansas than at Texas Tech. You'd be a god at Texas Tech. So it's unfortunate, but yeah. I also really hated to see Tan Shannon Jr. go to Illinois. I thought, I thought UNC was going to be the favorite, so I don't know. That's like a pick your poison kind of kind of place to go, like go somewhere else. But um, really, it, like from what you guys said before, I think he was a, there was a talk that he could return to Lubbock, and that would have been amazing. Uh, but all these guys, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. But the biggest storyline here is the fact that a, a freaking – college level forward went to uh the nfl as a tight end now we know this is not a knock on marcos at all we know the cleveland browns are the smartest of the franchises clearly they just took a rapist as their point as their uh qb that has like 24 accounts of uh sexual misconduct so like they're not the smartest not only did they take him but they paid him like 200 million dollars or something like that uh, so I really hope things work out for him. I really hope that if the NFL doesn't work for, out for him, that he can get, you know, some run that, you know, like some G league team or something to make his way onto NBA roster. Cause I think he's going to be a better basketball player than he is a football player, but who knows? Uh, so we talked about all the names that left Steven, who's coming back to this team because right now I'm seeing nine names leaving and there's not a whole lot returning. Am I, am I wrong here? No, you're not wrong. And that's, not, I mean, it's not peculiar for Texas Tech. We've had to reload every single year yeah. since 2018. Since the first Elite Eight run that Texas Tech had, we have lost three to four starters on every single team, every single offseason. So yeah. that's a lot of relying on the transfer portal. You know, that's what today's college basketball is. So, you know, you have guys that are quick to leave, guys that will come in for a year and be awesome. Bryson Williams, uh, Donis Arms, those type of players. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, that leads to a lot of roster turnover every single year. Yep. And uh, what, what Mark Adams and, you know, the previous coach did very well was getting guys instilled with the culture really quickly and, mm-hmm. you know, teaching them what we do here and how to win real quick. You know, it's, it's not much of a learning curve for these guys because they're all bought in. So, uh, you know, it is nice to have these returners. Uh, Kevin O'Banner, obviously being the biggest of the returners, um, you know, fantastic player. For Better Kevin. Season. <laughs> the best Kevin, uh, Kevin O'Banner <laughs> coming back for us. If I make uh, a shirt, have... if I make a shirt design, would you guys absolutely wear it? Like if I made without a shirt question, design, the best oh, Kevin, the better Kevin. Yeah. No, I've <laughs> already bought some of his, uh, he's, he's put out some merch, uh, his NIL stuff, you know, yeah. some, yeah, his NIL stuff. You, you got to support those guys. So yeah. Um, yeah. Kevin O'Banner, obviously your highlighted, uh, returner for the team. Uh, this is a guy we did not expect to be at Texas tech for more than a year, considering he went to the NBA draft process, uh, the, the off seat last off season. So, you know, we weren't really expecting this, but he has decided to use his final year of eligibility. And I think the reason for that is because we have, you know, some more point guard play coming in. Kevin yeah. O'Banner is at its best when he has a point guard that is helping him get open looks. For he sure. didn't have that on last year's team. You know, we were playing Kevin McCuller. We were playing Adonis Arms at point guard. And those guys just aren't true point guards. They aren't. Yeah. So with this, and we'll talk about the in covers, but uh, Kevin O'Banner is going to have a lot more open looks this season. And I think he really enjoyed his time in Lubbock. And I mean, who wouldn't after going 18 and 0 at home? I mean, yeah. you, had a, you had a sweet 16 run. You, I mean, Kevin O'Banner really came on towards the end of the year. So him coming back is going to be massive. Uh, we also have a couple guys off the bench coming back. Um, KJ Allen and Daniel Bacho being two of those. Um, and, and these were younger players first year in the program um, had some concerns in terms of health. Uh, you know, KJ was a little heavy coming in to Texas tech, kind of his weight fluctuated throughout the year. Uh, apparently he's had a hell of an off season getting in shape and getting ready to play. So I would expect a pretty big jump from KJ Allen next season. Uh, and Bacho was kind of similar. He went through, I think he had COVID midway through the year and that kind of hurt his progression. Um, and then yeah. he kind of had a few little injuries here or there, but I would expect Daniel Bacho to be a great uh, player off the bench, probably your first big off the bench. Um, you know, expecting him to be uh, back and ready to go. So, um, you know, really excited for these guys, this team, uh, Ethan Duncan's another guy. He's not really going to play much, but um, he's your, he's a shooter off the bench could potentially, you know, make a role for himself uh, there on this year's team, but uh, not likely, but 
really your returners are, are minimal. We have a complete revamp <laughs> of the roster. I yeah. see you left someone off. Who did on, I leave off? Who's a little questionable on coming back? The other French fry, brother. French oh fry. well, okay. Well, we still don't know if Clarence Adolny <laughs> is coming back. Uh, apparently, he's really weighing the decision of going overseas or returning to Tech. Uh, so we don't know if Clarence is coming back yet. We would love to have him back. He's a freaking bulldog energizer off the bench. Fourteen uh, minutes a game, he, but three three point yeah. five points per game. That means that dude is just picking up five hard fouls a game. Oh, no doubt. And he plays hard every <laughs> second he is on the court. Yeah. And really, you if you notice, and you'll go back to Texas Tech this past season, uh, beginning of Big 12 play, we had a COVID outbreak within the team. Mm-hmm. We played seven guys against Iowa State, and then I think we were without McCuller and Shannon for that game where we beat Kansas in Lubbock. Clarence was a big part of those wins. Uh, he was a, ma- I mean, a guy that came off the bench and really hustled his butt off, was a big part of the, uh, the win in Austin against UT. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Clarence had his moments last season where he was really crucial, uh, and I'd love it if he returned. Dude's got attitude. That's what you want. That's what you. He's got that dog in him. He <laughs> he's got, good, that he's dog got that dog in him. In him. <laughs> TM. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So we talked about the guys who left. We talked about the guys who are returning. Give me, uh, give us an, some insight on who's coming in. Who's ready to make a splash? There, you got a, you got a handful of recruits. Got a handful of transfers. You got a lot of newcomers, so give us the rundown on these guys. Yeah, so this is a different kind of Texas Tech team we're going to get this season. Really young. Uh, You know, we've relied on grad transfers a lot in the past, and we do have a few of those coming in. But uh, we have Mark Adams' first freshman class coming in, and it's a damn good one. Uh, So starting out with the four freshmen, obviously the first guy you look at is Elijah Fisher, uh, originally class of 2023, he has now decided to reclassify to play on next year's team. Uh, he's been playing with the under 18 Canadian national team. He's, excuse me, he's an absolutely elite product uh, at the guard position there. 6'6", great size. Uh, not much of a shooter yet. Uh, hopefully that part of his game develops, but absolute slasher, unreal athleticism, dr- gets to the free throw line, great defender. Um, Elijah Fisher, may be a one-and-done guy at Texas Tech. He may be your starting shooting guard next year. Uh, we'll just have to see. But he, either way, he's a great prospect. He's your number one freshman coming in. Uh, really excited about him. Uh, the next freshman, Pop Isaacs, he's a four-star point guard. Uh, true point guard. Uh, we have not had a true point guard on this team in a long time. <laughs> um, so getting him in Since here. Since what, the Italian has- Stallion? <laughs> well, not even Davide. Davide wasn't really a true point guard. He was more of a shooter uh, that happened yeah. to play point guard. <laughs> um, but no, this guy, I mean, facilitator, he's uh, he's fantastic. I really like Pop Isaacs. I think he's going to be, he's going to get some minutes, uh, maybe not initially at the beginning of the year, but I think he's going to find a role for himself. Um, Lamar Washington is another guy who is a guard. He can play point guard. He can play shooting guard. Um his role is kind of what he makes it. Uh, he was a low three-star, I think, when we signed him. And now I believe mm-hmm. he's a straight-up four-star. He's made his so way to the four-star, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So he played for Arizona Prep, I believe. Uh, really got some uh, some recognition towards the end of the season. Um, he's a really good player. So I could see him playing next season. Uh, whether that's a big role, small role, I don't know. But um, he's kind of the wild card of this freshman group. And then Robert Jennings, he's kind of your uh, your – your guy that's going to play in a year or two, you know, he's not going to play much next season, but uh, he's a, he's a good three-star got good size. Um, so excited for these freshmen for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, in terms of transfers, a lot of them every single year at Texas tech, we love our transfers. Um, I guess you start with Jalen Tyson, who's technically a transfer. He came into the team midway through last season after he finally came to his senses and decided to, get out of Austin, get out of the University of Texas and Chris Beard's horrible program. We're all about second chances. Yes, we're we're okay. That's fine. You made made your choice, and now you've realized the better choice is to come to Lubbock, come to Texas Tech. So uh, Jalen Tyson's going to have a massive role on this year's team. He's going to – I think he's an auto starter. Um, You know, some people would argue, but um, he's a a high four-star coming out of high school, Um, you know, Play, had his time with Texas, didn't get a lot of playing time initially, yeah. and uh, decided to come to Lubbock and come to Texas Tech. And the, 
the good news about him is he had a uh, he had like a whole half season and now a whole off season here yeah. in Lubbock. So he's familiar with the team, with the coaching staff, with the program. That's Jalen Tyson. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's such an underrated aspect. You know, mm-hmm. when guys come in mid year, uh, Kevin McCullough was one of those guys too. He came in mid year, his his redshirt freshman year at Texas Tech, and was just with the team and learn and worked out yeah. at the facilities and got bigger. I could, got I could stronger. let you know right now. I could let you know right now. Oscar Sheway doesn't win. National Player of the Year last year. If he didn't come in in January or February when yeah. he joined Kentucky last year, so yeah, it's a huge deal that they come in and mm-hmm. and get a feel for the culture that the program has for sure. So that's always exactly. a big deal because um, you know this time of transfers, it's great, but you could you really see transfers coming on later in the year. Uh, great example for for um, for Kansas last year. What's his name? Shoot, the point guard from Arizona State. What's his name? Oh, What's Remy that? Martin. Yes, Remy Martin. That dude was cheeks all year until the very end when it counted the most because he built like it takes time to build that those relationships mm-hmm. and get a get a feel for the culture of the program. So uh, for sure, you know, like I, I 100% agree with you. That's great. There, there's also a big time transfer that we just was just announced yesterday, made it official, officially official. Go ahead and tell us who that was. Yeah, that would be uh, Kerwin Walton out of uh, North Carolina. This is a guy that Texas Tech had their eye on for a while. It was rumored he was, uh, you know, coming to Lubbock for probably the last couple of weeks, but he was working out some things. And um, yeah, he's finally announced that he is going to be in Lubbock next season. Um, this is a pickup that I think could potentially be huge yeah. at Texas Tech. Um, that absolute moves sniper, man. He can shoot the hell out of the ball. Um, you know, kind of found himself uh, uh, in the back of the rotation on last year's UNC team, um, you know, based on whatever, maybe a change of scenery does him well in this situation. Um, but man, dude is talented as heck. I mean, if you get him in the right mindset, you get him in the right system where he's getting some open shots. And I think yeah. you are with uh, with this point guard help you're going to have on this next year's team. Uh, he can be an absolute weapon for you, whether he starts or comes off the bench. Either way, I think he's going to be an effective player for Tech. One hundred percent. Yeah. He. If you look at his stats, his his career stats. I mean, he was averaging as a freshman like eight, nine points a game, something like that. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of minutes. Uh, his minutes drop immediately, and you see the difference. I mean, he went from Roy Williams to Hubert Davis. He just wasn't. Yeah. I'm sure he, him and and Davis didn't gel. Or would, you know whatever the situation, he's transferring for a reason, and it's mainly because of the minutes that he didn't get to play last season, whether it be injury or you know whatever it was. Uh, but I think I think for sure, like last year's Texas Tech team, the biggest question was shooting. You just you just got your answer right there between him and Lamar Washington. You you have your answer in shooting for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that that's phenomenal for them. You also hit the home run and won, in my opinion won the big man uh big man transfer lotto and uh getting the guy from Utah Valley. Go ahead and tell us about Fardos. Fardos Amag, the big maple is coming to Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> Eligible bachelor. Um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh we're so hyped for Fardos. I mean, we've been he was rumored to should. Texas Tech. He was one of the early guys to put his name in the portal. He was, and yeah. Immediately Mark Adams was on him. He was like, this is our dude. Uh, the difference, and again, I'll bring up uh, that guy in Austin, but the difference between Chris Beard and Mark Adams, Beard likes non-traditional type of, you know, yeah, really does, rotational yeah. pieces. He likes guys that are six foot five to six foot eight, just interchangeable kind of positionless basketball. Mark Adams likes a more traditional set. And we're seeing that now getting a guy who's six foot 11, a true center can post up three-level scorer, absolutely shot the hell out of the ball from three last year. Not on very high volume, but shot about 44% from three-pointer last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to keep him honest. And now you have him and Kevin O'Banner in your front court. I mean, it's it's frightening <laughs> what these guys could do. Yeah, uh, and, and the rebounding he brings, he's the two-time uh, WAC Conference Defensive Player of the Year, was the WAC Player of the Year in 2021. I mean, he's he was a top 10 guy in the portal, and if you use him right, I mean, his game is absolutely going to translate to yeah. a, a higher level of competition. Yeah, I don't – it's tough to say. I don't think he's going to be averaging 18.9 points no. per game and 13.6 yeah. points per game, but he's going to be 
he's gonna be flirting with a double double average for sure. Uh, and and I think I think you're 100 percent correct in the fact that Mark Adams is gonna use him as a traditional center, and you you know he's gonna keep the defense honest with that three pointer of his. And yeah, it's just a home run home run pick from the transfer portal. Well done, gentlemen. Well done. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Connor Car- uh, was know, definitely we- picking up on the trend of uh, of yeah. shooting ability <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. we have been desperately yeah. missing. Yeah, that yeah. was I another mean, like- thing that Mark Adams really noticed. He was like, "Hey, we didn't have any friggin' shooting last year. How about we get a <laughs> bunch of friggin' shooters in here and change it up a bit?" Yeah, and Matt, pair that with with the Mark Adams TM defense. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that is. It's going to be good. You got guys that can defend on the perimeter. You got guys that can defend the pick and roll and in the paint. Uh, so who else? You have a transfer from Oregon, Gardner-Webb. Who, who else do we have to keep an eye on for the uh, for the transfers coming in? Yeah, so the other automatic starter in my eyes is Davion Harmon, the transfer from Oregon. Uh, he was previously at Oklahoma. He was at Oklahoma for his freshman and sophomore years. Transferred to Oregon last season. Wasn't a great fit there. Nope. Uh, decided to come back to the Big 12, where surprisingly he played better in the Big 12 than he did the Pac-12. Uh, wild to kind of thing, but he's a Dallas guy. I mean, he's familiar with with Mark Adams and Al Pinkins and those and those type of player or, uh, coaches on the staff. Um, he's going to be probably your starting point guard this coming season. And uh, you know, there's question marks around him whether he he's never really played point guard in college. Yeah. You know. At Oklahoma, he had Austin Reeves handling the ball a lot of the time. Last year at Oregon, they had like three point guards that were playing guard <laughs> for them. They were all starting, yeah. and it was just a, a mess over there. So, uh, you know, I think what Davion Harmon brings is a uh, super crafty uh, ball handling skill set that we haven't really had previously. Yeah. He shoots it pretty well. He's about a 36% three-point shooter. Um, but you really look at his tape. He lives in the lane. I mean, once he gets past that first defender, he is crafty around the rim. And now he's only about 6'2", but he's got these sneaky long arms that, uh, you know, shot blockers will kind of get phased by a little bit. He'll sneak right by you and get get a couple buckets. So I'm excited for Davion Harmon. He brings a leadership. He seems like he's super excited to be at Texas Tech. uh, And that's all you can ask for, man. I mean, he's a... I think he'll be a he'll be an auto starter and be pretty good for this team. We're cool second chances. We are. The sooner yep. ways have been forgiven. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Definitely. And that, no, go ahead. No, no, I'm good. Oh, okay. Uh, and then that final transfer uh, there from Gardner-Webb, I think it's going to be kind of your sneaky transfer. You know, uh, taking it back to last offseason, nobody thought Adonis Arms or Davion Warren was going to be one of these dudes that was going to make an impact on this team. And they ended up being huge pieces yeah. on last year's roster. I could see Demarion Williams from Gardner-Webb being that type of player. Definitely. Uh, absolute yeah. sniper. 40% three-point shooter on like five attempts a game, uh, all while playing pretty good defense. I mean, uh, you know, I think that type of game can transfer over to Texas Tech nicely. Uh, whether he starts or comes off the bench, he's going to be a really impactful piece for Texas Tech next season. Uh, keep an eye out for Demarion Williams. I think he's going to make an impact. Yeah, there's something to be said about so like typically traditional college basketball, how it used to be. You get a freshman in, they wouldn't really see the court until about their sophomore junior year, right? They would they would have very minimal minutes unless you're a John Calipari, you're a you know later Coach K, you know whatever. Impact freshman will play, obviously, uh, but you know this is the benefit of the transfer portals. You have kids that, you know, they didn't fit at one school. They go to another school. They might be fighting for a starting spot, but ultimately the best player is going to come out on top. And if the other, you know, like that, that's typically what's going to happen. So, you know, Papa Isaacs, I think is what you said. He might not start from the beginning, but I could see him starting later on the season. Once that college game, once he slows down and kind of gets a feel for the college game, uh, same with Elijah Fisher, or Lamar Washington, or any of those any of those freshmen coming in. Because honestly, like I was watching some Robert Jennings tape, and that that guy looks like maybe not year one, but year two. Yeah. I think watch out for for Robert Jennings. I think he's going to have a, a, an impact in year two for sure. So the I don't think you're going to have a haul like this next year where you're going to see nine players leave Texas Tech, mm-hmm. but you would definitely have you know maybe uh, 
you maybe one more transfer, you know, maybe a Robert Jennings transfers and think, you know what, I could do this at a smaller school, get more exposure or Lamar Washington or something. But you have the ability where you're not like totally SOL and you have to scramble to get a recruit. That's not totally a great fit for your team. You have the transfer portal. And so like for this year, I guarantee you the first 10 games of the season is going to be Mark Adams and just about any other college coach that took more than three transfers from the portal this year is going to rely heavily on those transfers because they have played the game. They know the, what it takes to play at the college level and then it's a lot of bit, a little bit easier for them to adjust to it than you know let's say like a, a you know five star freshman a four star freshman coming in that the lights might be a little bright for them so um, I love the way that the game is going I love that uh, these players like somebody like Adonis Arms can cash in on the fact that he has one of the coolest names in college basketball <laughs> you know like there there there's things like that you know, Fardos is going to have some great nil stuff at Texas Tech and he would and Kerwin. I saw you guys do the memes about the meet the Kerwins instead of the Irwin, Steve Irwin or whatever, like fantastic stuff. You're already starting the stuff for them. So uh, this, this upcoming season, I'm super excited for this Texas tech team. I thought they were great last year. I think the fact that Mark Adams was hand was, was dealt a crappy hand of just like here, try to build a team out of players that you don't really fit your mold, make them good defenders. And then also like, he did that and then some by taking the sweet 16 uh, incredible job. I think it's only going to go up here for, for the red Raiders. So we, uh, we, we're going to move on. We talked about the off season moves. We talked about everything. Actually, you know what, before we move on, I do want to get your opinion starting five for both of you. What is the, what, what should we expect night one for the starting five or actually maybe not even starting five, but who's going to close out a game for the red Raiders. Both of you, give me your thoughts. This is a touchy subject around Texas Tech fans right now. Yeah, it's like, wow, you're just going to like, oh, by the way, pop quiz. Here's a controversial <laughs> yeah, question. No, this is a, uh, it's, you know, a lot of, there's always those fans that are kind of going out and on, on a starting five prediction and being like, oh, it doesn't matter who starts, you know, it's about your nine man. It's about who finishes. Like, okay, yeah. Take it easy. You know, take it easy guy. We're just having fun here at the off season. But uh, yeah. Um, you know, Fardos and O'Banner are obviously your two bigs. Yep. Um, starting there. And then I, I, you know, would think Davion Harmon is going to be your starting point guard. Um, I would also pencil in Jalen Tyson being your three. Um, he's got great size, three-level scorer. I think he's ready to play immediately. I know he hasn't really had much college basketball experience per se, um, but I think he's your starting three. And then your shooting guard, your two, can be one of three guys. It's going to be one of Elijah Fisher, um, Demarion Williams, or Kerwin Walton. It's going to be one of those three guys. Whoever makes the biggest impact in the offseason, whoever decides to buy into Mark Adams' defensive mindset, yeah. um, you know, is going to be the starter there. Uh, now, whoever finishes, it could be a – but like you mentioned, Pop Isaacs could come on late in the year. Yeah. You know, Lamar Washington could come on later in the year. Uh, who really knows? Yeah, it's so hard be, to predict. That's yeah, the best exactly. thing about so, the transfer portal is what I'm saying. It's like mm-hmm. you give these freshmen, these recruits, a safe place to fail. They don't have to mm-hmm. come in and be yeah. that guy from night one. Uh, last yeah. year, you know, for like Kentucky fans that listen, we saw last year night one against Duke. Ty Ty Washington was, was just struggled. He just absolutely mm-hmm. struggled in that game. I think he went for like one for thirteen because we relied a little too heavily on him. Um, and and really, like Kellen Grady should have been the guy that's been getting all those shots, but. That's what that's the best thing about the the transfer portal is that you don't have to rely on these freshmen to have it all figured out by, you know, like October, what is it? Like November 5th or whatever the yeah. season starts. They they can they can take their time and ease into their position a little bit more. It's a better thing for the for the state of college basketball in general. Well, what do you to, think about to this? that? I just I just have because there was a time last season early on in the year where Texas Tech fans were considering, should Daniel Bacho start over Bryson Williams? That was a legitimate conversation <laughs> at the beginning of the year that we all oh, want to pretend man. we didn't have. Sins were committed on the Talking Tech pod. They were. Sins were absolutely <laughs> we, committed. Yeah, Bryson was named in vain. Oh, Bryson man. Williams was a first-team All-Big 12 player, and oh, we considered man. starting Daniel Bacho. Should Daniel Bacho start over Bryson Williams? Like, no, it's early on in the year. Yeah. Yeah, it takes time it's way too early. Hey, love some botch. Don't get us wrong. Love, love Bacho. <laughs> Bryson's fantastic. 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. One's one's in the NBA draft. The other is at Texas Tech still. So let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Tristan, who do you think is uh, starting for night one for Texas Tech here? Connor, how, how am I supposed to give a different answer than whoever the vague heck Steven threw at you? I mean, I was just like, what am I, what he said it could be any of these guys. Wow. Thanks, Steven. Thank you. So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, like, see, like you also said, Connor, is, you know, you bring these transfers in for a reason and they have the veterancy. And that's why Steven named off the, uh, the guys he yeah. did. And so those guys are kind of the absolute plugins. And I think you're going to have to absolutely add in Jalen Tyson into that as well. Um, and shoot, man, I don't know who the heck you plug into that last one, but I feel like it's got to be like one of the young youths or perhaps one of the veterans that's on the team that Stephen even didn't have to bring up, uh, that may be busting out as a star, you know, like we, yeah. maybe we are underestimating a guy like KG Allen. I mean, he was brought on the, t- the on, onto the team for a reason. He's got that athleticism and there's, there's other guys bring up as well. So, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, we're just, it's too tough to say right now. So I hope that my non-answer, I'm going to be a politician right now and say that, you know, <laughs> this is a very important conversation. I'm ready to have that conversation. So we'll have that conversation politician style. <laughs> yeah. There's so, there's so much time between now and November that you don't know what the off season is going to bring for these guys. You can see Elijah Fisher develop a three point shot that just right. like, he has to, sh- he has to start Lamar Washington could absolutely just go ahead and, and take that step up uh, just being working out, you know, being in the program at this point. So the, yeah, there's so much time between now and November. It's hard to give a starting five for, for sure. Uh, so we we do that in vain a little bit because just yeah. just for fun just just for some sure. content here. No, absolutely, and and to to bring up the the, the freshmen in such a, a a fun way, like Stephen said earlier, that perhaps these are we have a one and done on our hands. Just to even have that connected to a school like Texas Tech shows how far we've come. So I think it's just fun to have that conversation in general. So it, it's fun talking about having guys that can immediately get on the court. That just normally yeah, doesn't happen for us. It's always super exciting. I'm spoiled as a Kentucky fan. I'm spoiled. I'm spoiled right. by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but like I think about the uh, the side of it, where like I think to an extent, I don't think Kentucky's reached that level, but I think to an extent, Kentucky football is on the same, maybe very close to the level that Texas Tech basketball is on in the national conversation. So I could definitely. I can sympathize with you guys. I think that's why it's so easy to talk with you guys because Kentucky gets a lot of love for the football being in such a tough conference in football. I think they, uh, they get a lot of love for being kind of like right there knocking on the door. Mm -hmm. Same with Texas tech. They're right there knocking on the door. They, at some point, they got to take a, a freaking Big 12 title from Kansas because this is just getting ridiculous at this point. So if this isn't the year, then it'll be next year. But at some point, Texas Tech is coming for that Big 12 title for sure. Uh, we so, got one in 19. Yeah, we're, we're thankfully we've yeah. broken the seal. Thankfully. Yeah. Broken the seal. Cons- get it consistent. That's like Kentucky beating Florida in 2018. Like, you got to sure. do it consistently at this point. I'm sure, just tired sure. of seeing freaking Bill Self brag about winning Big 12 titles. It's just annoying. Us too. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. So, all right. All-time Texas Tech starting five and a sixth man. I only had I typically give an idea of what we what I think would be an all-time starting five for when I do these episodes. Honestly, I gave you one name, Jarrett Culver, starting shooting guard. You guys got to fill in the rest. Who's an all-time Texas Tech point guard? So easy. So answer. I guess we we have to preface this by saying yes, Texas Tech does not have the history that a lot of other schools do <laughs> in basketball. And so it's hard, you know, we don't have a lot of NBA talent that has come out of Texas Tech. Now, in recent years, there have been guys that have, you know, had that, uh, been drafted very high that just haven't panned out. Um, You know, Jared Culver being one of those guys who, you know, hopefully, you know, he picks it up here. But Zaire Smith was one of those guys, a one and done at Texas Tech that we just did not have before. And unfortunately, went through injuries, went through the horrible allergy situation that he did. Um, Jemias Ramsey was another one and done that probably left a year too soon at Texas Tech. So we've had guys that have been in the NBA, uh, but we do have a pretty good history of good players at Texas Tech. Um, and, you know, a lot of people that aren't Tech fans are going to kind of be educated on some of these names, but they were all-time great Red Raiders. They were fantastic while they were in Lubbock, led to some great seasons on some great teams. So uh, that's kind of where we'll go with this. Um, me and Tristan both had the same point guard. It's uh, it's a guy that was there when we were there uh, from 2014 to 2018, really came into his own, and that would be Keenan Evans. Um, currently playing overseas right now uh, for Maccabi Tel Aviv, which is a pretty cherished program overseas. 
Um, but Keenan was one of those guys that just absolutely improved every asset of his game from his freshman year to his senior year and became a go-to guy by all means. I mean, Keenan was fun as hell to watch his junior and senior year just because you knew you were getting a bucket from him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, me and Tristan just had a great time watching Keenan. All right, so we have, we have the point guard. You guys both agree it's Keenan Evans. Shooting guard, are, is there any disagreeance that it's Jarrett Culver? Is he the best shooting guard in Texas Tech history? Or, or, or is, there, is there some discourse here? Shoot, no. I mean, because okay, it's, good. the thing well, with Jarrett so Culver. I would, I would, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, okay, I was going to say, I'm like, just, it's. I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're I'm going. No, saying, it's over. Jarrett Culver, we're moving to the three in this situation. Okay, okay, okay. So me and Tristan had the same two. Go ahead, Tristan. Who is he? Oh no! Okay, falling, falling right up. It's yeah. It's it's Emmett. It's I mean Emmett. Andre Emmett. <laughs> Andre Emmett. Okay. Yeah. The Andre late Emmett great. A, the late great unfortunately passed way too soon here a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, due to a big tragedy, but uh, you know Andre is a guy that averaged. He had two seasons where he averaged twenty points a game at Texas Tech, um, and then his third season I believe was like seventeen or eighteen points a game. So automatic bucket in college, Um, you know, had a sit, had a cup of coffee in in the NBA, uh, didn't quite pan out there, played some years overseas. Most recently was playing in uh, Ice Cube's big three league. I think he won. He might've won like MVP of that league one year uh, before, you know, his unfortunate passing, but Andre Emmett is an all time red Raider. You you can't have a top five and not include Andre Emmett. Every red Raider listening to this would agree. So we're going to put him at the two Culver at the three. Okay, so Keenan Evans. I'm gonna type this in. Make sure we have record of this. So we have Jarrett Culver at the at the small forward, and we have Andre Emmett as the shooting guard. Who is our uh, power forward here? All time Texas Tech power forward. Go ahead, Tristan. Oh, is this me? Oh, I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you know. I actually, uh, with my start with my five listed, I didn't have a true power five. Love a power That's fine. That's fine. Listed. Who's your four? Who's your fourth uh, man? So with my fourth guy, I actually this is more of a an overall pick. I think it's just kind of a, a toss to the Texas Tech legacy here. It's for uh, it's for a guy, Darvin Ham, who is now the uh, Los Angeles Lakers head coach. Uh, you know, obviously he wasn't exactly a star at Texas Tech. I just. I'm trying to kind of do a, a sum of all parts here with Darvin Ham. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. he, he had the NBA career and then obviously is, is doing great things as a coach. He was one of the favorites to replace Chris Beard in our eyes. And I, I think this guy is going to do great things with the Lakers. He, he, and the things at the Lakers, he doesn't have a lot to work with. So it's going to be an uphill climb over there in, <laughs> in L.A. But, yeah, I, I'm going I'm going with a, a, a fan pick with Darvin Ham more so than an on-a-court pick. I like it. I like that a lot. I, I like that yeah, we, we disagreed a little bit there. Um, I might go with a little bit of recency bias. I'm going to put Bryson Williams in my all-time four. Ooh. Um, now, now Bryson's not technically – he didn't technically play four at Texas Tech, but he is a four. Like, his true position is the power forward. And uh, he made – you don't get a lot of Texas Tech players that are all first-team Big 12. And he made his impact in just a year here. The yeah. only bad thing about Bryson Williams is that he wasn't here longer. That's it. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we have so many guys that were only here for a year. And I think Bryson really made so much of an impact on a sweet 16 team at Texas Tech that you have to kind of include him here. Darvin, great player by all means. Uh, you know, had some awesome moments at Texas Tech, breaking the backboard against North Carolina in the tournament. I mean, and now he's, you know, doing his thing in the NBA head coach of the Lakers. Uh, Darvin's obviously a legacy attack, but I think in terms of, you know, best player, you got to put Bryce in there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll, uh, I'll just put that, I'll just leave that right there for now. And then we'll maybe have a, a conversation when we get to the six man. So, all right. Who's our, who's our starting center all time, Texas tech starting center. Yeah. The starting center for both of us is it's Tony Batie. It has to be. Um, you know, 15 year NBA career was drafted, I think fifth overall in 97, I believe if that year is correct. I could be wrong, but, um, yep. no, I mean, he was his, his final year at tech, he was kind of the transition from the Southwest conference to the big 12 and his fir- the first year we had the big 12 conference. I think Tony Batia averaged like 18 points a game. 
uh, 12 rebounds a game, and I think almost like two and a half blocks a game. I mean, he was absolutely elite uh, for us in that transition period between conferences and, um, you know, fifth overall in the NBA. We've never had a player drafted that high. Yeah. Jared Culver was almost there. I think he was sixth, but um, no. Former Tony Orlando Magic, too. Yeah, yeah, he was Magic. He, he hopped yes, around. Sir. He was Celtics. He was Magic. He was. I think he played on Milwaukee. He, he was, was on that place. Magic team that made the finals. I mean, got was he really? by the Lakers, yes, in 2009. Okay. I don't right think he contributed ahead. a lot, but yeah, he was on that. Well, he yeah, was that he was probably pretty old by that time. Yeah, yeah, that was like tail end of in. his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. I, I vaguely but, remember uh, Tony Batie for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was probably yeah, he, like a freshman in high school, eighth grade freshman <laughs> in high school when the last time the Magic made the finals, and I'll be uh, old man by the time they make it back. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> keep the faith, Goddard. Keep. The yeah, faith. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, who's our sixth man? There's a there's a conversation to be had about maybe Bryson Williams, unless you guys have somebody better. But it seems to be like Darvin Ham or Bryson Williams is going to be our sixth man. So I'm going to put out, bring gonna it put down. Out a, yeah, I'm going to put out a six man. You could put a multitude of guys here. You really could. Yeah, sometimes yeah, could. It's, it's sometimes it's emotional based on. I was about uh, to say. Know, I feel like I'm just going to name off dudes that were my faves more than anything exactly. else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, mean, absolutely. If if you're really going the emotional pick, I think me and Tristan would both put Norin Todiase, mm-hmm. who is mm-hmm. absolute uh, awesome. You know, five year player at Tech was part of that uh, championship team that fell a little bit short to Virginia. Uh, you know, absolute ambassador to the game. In terms of on-court production, no, you don't, you don't put him <laughs> as your sixth man all time. Love Norrance, but, you know, he was one of those grinders. But uh, my sixth man, I might have a guy you probably don't know, Connor, uh, Jason Sasser. He was another guy who played for Tech in the uh, – uh, he was either 90s or early 2000s, um, but absolute bucket. I mean, you replace him and Andre Emmett, they were very much alike. Uh, I think Sasser was another guy who averaged two 20 points a game seasons at Tech. Four-year guy, um, maybe had a cup of coffee in the NBA. But, um, yeah, he was so good at Tech, absolute bucket. He's got to be your sixth man in my eyes. Well, what do you say? What do you say, Tristan? It's Andrew Sorrells. Obviously. <laughs> Walk on extraordinaire Andrew Sorrells, by the way, just came on the Talking Tech podcast a, a week ago. So go give That's that a awesome. listen. That's awesome. Uh, no, uh, I mean, you could put Matt Mooney here. You I was going to say, it's like, this was, that's exactly what I was going to say. But you know what, Stephen, yeah. since since you were you brought it up already, I was going to bring it home with with Lawrence Odiase. I, I just there obviously, I was going to pick up an emotional pick here rather than trying to break down a number that's going to win me a game. Um, but you know, no, no, he is going to win me the game. Damn it. He's so gonna it's, it. he's going to win me the game. I'm going with Norris Odiase just, just cause of the, the guy he is and, and just how cool it's been to watch him grow through Texas tech through, uh, two coaches and, and still, uh, is three coaches. Was he, was he there with Mark? Well, he wasn't. He wasn't there with Mark, but he's like been like with the program. That's true. That's Mark true. Out. I was about yeah. to say, well, where the heck was he last season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he, where was I? Beard. But yeah, exactly. So okay. I, I have to give him just for a good legacy pick there for Stephen and I's time at Texas Tech. Okay, so if we're giving you the sixth man, Norris Odiase, then we're giving Stephen Bryce Willie Bryson Williams as the power forward for the starting five. Uh, there you go. We'll, we'll, that will compromise there. So I'm I'm gonna tweet this out, see if uh, Tech fans agree because we have a good Tech following ever since we've had you guys on the podcast for sure. And uh, we'll make sure we'll we'll get down to it. We'll see we'll see if this is a good starting five, all time starting five and six man. And uh, if it, I don't know. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if it clears UConn. I don't know if it clears uh, our uh, <laughs> some of our Illinois or, or maybe Illinois would clear. But some of our other starting fives, the UConn starting five is my favorite so far of when we've been doing yeah. this. So I, I can't lie to you and say that they you know when you have Ray Allen on that team. I mean, God dang. You know? Oh whoa, sore subject, okay, sore okay. subject. Okay, you brought up Ray Allen twice now, and I don't need to hear any more. I don't want to hear Ray <laughs> Allen one more time today. Can I ask why it's a sore subject here? Uh, well, twenty thirteen finals. We're big we're okay, Spurs okay. fans. We can't. Okay. We can't. We want nothing to do with that man. I was like, what did what did Ray Allen do to Texas Tech? But it's really what he did to San Antonio. He ruined my <laughs> life, is what happened in twenty thirteen. <laughs> okay. He ruined my life. That's what. Yeah, happened. San Antonio oh, fans had it so hard in that era, and we're just trying to really work <laughs> through it. 
We yeah. only had two <laughs> straight years of success in five championships. I mean, come yeah, on. God dang. Would would be nice. I, I'm just I'm begging for one. Just begging for one here as a Magic fan. Oh man! So this guys, this has been incredibly fun. I'm gonna give you guys the opportunity to plug whatever you want. Obviously, if you don't listen to it, if you're listening to this Texas Tech podcast and you haven't listened to Talking Tech, do yourself a favor. Go go catch up. Go listen to every single episode that you can because it's fantastic content. But um, you know, is there anything else you guys want to you want to plug here now? Any upcoming guests that you're going to have on Talking Tech or anything like that? Uh, we have some things in the work that uh, you know we we may not be able to announce right now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, of um, you know we have some we have some good stuff over there on the podcast. Like I said, mentioned earlier, we just talked to Andrew Sorrells, talked about the upcoming Red Raiders uh, TBT team. Uh, you know, we have a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, you know, and always you can follow us on our social medias. You know, uh, Tristan's at Tristy Mick. I don't really use my personal one. I, I mostly use the Talking Tech one, which is at Talking Tech Pod. Um, you know, follow Guns Up Nation. That They've been awesome to us ever since we joined their podcast network. Uh, yeah. They put out a lot of good content, a lot of good articles. And if you just want to keep up with all the latest Texas Tech news, go follow them. And, uh, you know, we just have a good time with it. 100%. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. Not only did you give us great insight on Texas Tech's roster in this offseason, all the moving parts that happens in college basketball offseasons now, but you guys decided to do a beer review. And I, said, I think that's just incredible. Not many guests do that. So I thank you for doing that. And uh, we miss Dal. I'm sure he's jealous listening to this by the time we have it published. But Dal, we love you, man. Enjoy your time in San Diego. And we'll definitely have to do another uh, Texas Tech podcast soon, especially in the in the season. If we have a good matchup, 100% get you guys on for a week of beers and buckets. And you could give your uh, your top picks and your Shark Tank upsets and all the, all the fun stuff that happens in the regular season of uh, college basketball for beers and buckets. So we thank you, everyone that has joined in to listen. Please make sure you like, rate, and leave a review of this episode. Share it on social media if you can. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, the the episode, the first episode we did with Steven on t- for Talking Tech, it was it's still the highest rate, the highest listened to, highest rated po- episode that we have. So he wants the crown. He wants to go uh, two for two here. Make sure that you guys make that happen. We thank you guys so much for listening. This is Connor with Beers and Buckets. Thanks for joining us.